All right, welcome back, pool fans from across the country and around the world. You're listening to American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week, and it is June the 9th, 2016. First thing we want to do is uh, send out some congratulations, actually, to Mr. Efren Reyes. He did it again. You know, the guy's getting a little bit older in the age there. You know, you would think, uh, nope, he still got it. They He played in the uh, Make It Happen One Pocket Tournament this past week with Shane uh, Van Boning and Jeremy Jones and Tony Chohan and Danny Smith and uh, Alex Pagalion, and he took them all down. Reyes uh, ended up with the final record of five wins, one loss. Shane, four wins to two losses, and Jeremy had three wins to two losses. So congrats to those three for taking the top three honors there. And, and congrats to Efren, you know, for a job well done uh, after all these years. That's fantastic, pool. What else is going on? I have to send out some congratulations to Karen Kaur. Um, the NAPT just had their inaugural 10-ball event out in Virginia. And uh, Karen swept through the field undefeated. Um, you know, another one of those people that, uh, you know, after a few years, you might think they start to lose their edge, but Karen just gets, gets, keeps getting stronger and stronger. So congratulations to her for another well-deserved uh, win. Uh, from what I understand, the NAPT went, uh, event went well, so we should be expecting to hear from them and for some more events in the future. So we want to wish them, some, wish them good luck for that. Um, what else is going on? Um, you know... Did you hear about the uh, tin ball event going on at the Corner Bank in Toronto? Jim White and Jerry Forsyth have announced uh, a very big deal. It's a series of tin ball tournaments with a final championship at the end, twenty-five grand each and a hundred thousand at the end. Um, one of the biggest events on North American soil, and certainly one of the biggest of the new events on the North American soil. So we're going to have Jerry on uh, in a few minutes here with uh, Mike Howerton to talk about the details of that event and what we have to look forward to. So you'll probably want to stick around for that with uh, with Jerry and Mike. And um, what else we have to talk about? Oh, well, the Atlantic Challenge Cup is coming, coming up, in case you didn't know that already. And uh, we've got Earl Munson back as the uh, team coach again this year so congrats to Earl for uh, coming back and uh, best of luck to you Earl you got a great bunch of kids and uh, you guys should do well keep the trophy you're here in the United States don't you know <laughs> and speaking of Atlantic Challenge Cup as a matter of fact um, we have one of the team uh, members with us Miss Serena Black uh, who made the final cut she's going to be on Team USA for sure and uh, we have her waiting on in the wings so we're going to talk to her today and uh, see what she has to offer the team. And uh, what else is coming up? You know, just tomorrow starts the ACUI Collegiate Championships, a lot like the Junior Nationals uh, down in Tempe, Arizona. They're going to be kicking off this weekend. A lot of college kids are going to be playing in that one. Top ones, Landon and Brianna are going to be there. Some tough contenders. If you know any of the kids, by all means, give them the support and uh, congratulate them. And, I mean, the ACUI is a big deal. This championship has been going on 
since about 1937. So it's probably the longest standing uh, college or junior uh, tournament in the country. So uh, good stuff going on for everybody involved. All right. Well, let's move along. We're going to be right back with Serena Black right after this. Okay, and we're back. And I am talking to um, one of the uh, Team USA or the junior Team USA members, Miss Serena Black. How are you doing today, Serena? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, not too bad. Uh, you know, it's finally, uh, knock on wood, it's finally getting warm outside. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, been a long time coming. So, you are um, uh, in the Decatur, Warrensburg area, is that correct, ma'am? Yes. And you are now 17 years old, right? I am. Okay. All right. Lots of trouble, and you made the team. You made Team USA. You did not make it make it on the team last year, but you're on the team this year. How does that make you feel? Um, it's definitely rewarding. Uh, to me, it shows a lot of improvement. I struggled a lot mentally and emotionally with some of my performances last summer. Um, I think I came back pretty strong, and I've lifted myself up from there, and I've... Uh, kind of bounced back from what I would call rock bottom. Last summer was pretty difficult for me to handle, but I'm really looking forward to the events that are upcoming. Yeah, yeah. Did you get to go to Austria with the kids? Uh, no, the alternates did not get to go over to Austria okay. this year, but luckily this year that's going to change. The alternates will actually be able to attend the event. Yes, exactly, exactly. So we'll get to see all the guys out there. That's super cool. Well, um... You know, I, 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 it wouldn't be a proper interview if I didn't ask you, um, what do you think that you have to offer for the team? What, what are you bringing to the table? Um, I'm definitely going to bring a positive attitude, uh, a smile on my face 24-7. I'm going to be focused <laughs> and determined. Uh, I know that Team USA, every single one of us this year wants to give Europe a force to contend with. and. I truly believe that we have that. You know, all 10 of us, not just the starting players, but the alternates, showed a drive at the training camp. And it was it was difficult competing one-on-one -on -one with each other. You know, we're, we consider ourselves teammates. And I know the selection committee had a hard final choice yeah. to make. But regardless, I know that Team USA this year is definitely going to give Europe a run for their money. <laughs> well, good. You should. There's no reason why you you guys can't. You have uh, all the talent that you need to do it. Uh, I think it's just a matter of uh, you know focus, keeping your heads in the games, so to speak. Um, by the way, you mentioned the training camp. Um, I, I asked um, April and Chris about that, and they said that it was just a wonderful experience. How did it go for you? It was a really good opportunity. I mean kids like me that come from small towns of no more than 3,000 don't get to experience things like this that often. And it was really rewarding getting to go down there and train with four, maybe even five or six of the most elite players that the United States has to offer. Uh, Allison Fisher, Jeanette Lee, Nick Varner, and Johnny Archer, each and every one of us, you know, we were so appreciative that we got to work with the professionals one-on-one -on -one and that they would allow us their time of day. You know, they were very down-to-earth and humble, and they just they didn't see themselves as superior. They wanted to help us, and we genuinely appreciated that. 
Yeah, it sounds like a sounds like it was a really good time. And you're right, uh, they are very nice people, um, very down to earth, and and it and it means a lot that they were willing, just like you said, to take the time to do that. I think that they recognize the value and uh, um, embracing the next generation of players. You know, so this is a good thing for everybody. Are you playing? Mm-hmm. Are you playing in the junior nationals? Uh, the BEF? Yes. Yes, I plan to attend the Junior Nationals this year. I'm very excited for that. Okay. It's going to be a long two-week stay towards the Chicago <laughs> area. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, we'll try our best to make you feel welcome when you guys are <laughs> up here. It's uh, It won't be too bad. Um, are you going to the ACUI Nationals? Uh, no, not this year. Okay, okay. No, that's all right. I'm just asking, seeing what kind of action you got. That's a lot of pool in a row. Um, if you were, yeah. you know, that's a whole heck of a lot of stuff going on. But hey, that's cool. Um, what do you, if you had to, you know, not to give away any secrets or anything, but if you, do you feel like you have any weaknesses? What's, what do you need to work on the most? Um, I would have to say that I am my own worst critic when it comes to situations like this. Um, beating myself up if I know that I've made a silly mistake is probably yeah. my downfall. Sure. And uh, letting that affect, you know, further into my game. I'm typically pretty good about snapping out of it, but there are some days, you know, everybody has their day. Yeah. Some days it's just I get in a funk and can't really get a hold of it. <laughs> yeah, it happens to the best of us, of course it does. I I will readily admit that the pressure is what gets to me. I do not play well under pressure at all. Um, I don't know how it is for everybody, you know, but I I when I get to talk to people that are in these sort of high pressure competitive situations, it always makes me it gives me the willies just talking about it, and I'm not even going to the stupid event, and I'm already shaking in my boots, so. I give you guys credit for uh, being able to stand up there and say, you know, keep your game face on when the pressure's on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do. Well, uh, let's see. What else can we talk about? Uh, what do you like to do besides play pool? I mean, are you gonna grow up and be a, a an airplane uh, surgeon or what? Um, I have a lot of hobbies. I'm t- I'm a type of person that I have to stay busy or I'll. I'll let my own mind consume itself. I play guitar. I play flute. I sing. Um, cool. I love to draw. I love to read. Um, but for future endeavors, I plan to go to either a two-year college to start off and get my general education out of the way. Then I plan to transfer to Lindenwood University and uh, complete a four-year degree in business and finance with mm-hmm. a minor in uh, English and performance. That way, I would have a lot of different options. You know, with the double yeah, major, sure. Business and finance. Um, I kind of, in the long run, want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I don't know. I've always seen myself being my own boss, running my own business. Awesome. And ever since I started playing pool, I've been leaning towards running my own pool hall, just because I don't like to have a lot of, um, I don't know, stipulations. And there are plenty of opportunities to, you know, keep things up and going and upbeat with the pool hall. You can have karaoke night, you can have a diner, 
run tournaments. I mean, things would be energetic and exciting all the time. Yeah, I totally agree with you, and I can totally relate to everything that you just said. I'm an entrepreneur as well. It runs in my family for hundreds of years, literally. (laughs) And I didn't know why. I just wanted to own my own business. I just couldn't. I didn't know why I wanted to. I just wanted to, you know. Um, and I am also inclined to the music and the arts and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's the good stuff, you know, when you don't have to work, you might as well do something that you enjoy. So that's good that you have lots of, uh, lots of things to stimulate your mind, so to speak. Well, great. It was wonderful to, to sort of get to meet you on the phone. I'm certainly going to get to meet you guys all, um, you know, coming up in another month here in uh, Chicago, but, uh. Until then, best of luck to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for your time. Absolutely. Congratulations. Are there any um, sponsors, friends, family, anybody you want to send a shout out to? Yeah. Um, I'd like to thank my sponsors, Camille Tips and Chalk, Grind and Clothing Company, and Mezcues for honoring me with their equipment. I can't wait to represent my country and hopefully do their names justice. It's an honor to be a part of their team. A shout-out to my family, my mom, my dad, and my brother for being my biggest supporters and fans at the end of the day, and for my friends and family back home for supporting me in all that I do. You guys are great. Awesome. Very good. And it certainly helps to have friends and family that uh, that don't think you're crazy for playing pool. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? There's Because there's, there are the other people that are like, what are you, nuts? You know, that kind of thing, but... All right. Well, congratulations again, and keep up the good work. I hope the uh, and best of luck to you guys. I hope you really do, you know, keep the trophy in the U.S. this time. Okay. Yeah, we're hoping to. We look forward to it. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of American Billiard Radio. I'm Mike Howerton. I'm joined this week by my partner in crime, Jerry Forsyth. How you doing, Jerry? I'm doing great, Mike. How about yourself? I hear things are a little warm out your way. <laughs> a little? I think it was 112 yesterday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we don't have global warming. I'm, I'm sure of that. Yeah. Yeah. So... The Corner Bank Cup Pro Ten Ball Series. Well, it's been sh- shortened to the Corner Bank. Um, you know, that's right. That is, that's what we did shorten it to, Corner Bank Cup Pro Series. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd this come from? This kind of came from out of nowhere. Yeah, actually, uh, it was uh, Jim White's idea. Um, a friend of his um, said that he could guarantee the prize fund and um that if if jim would uh go ahead and and run a a a tournament uh you know he'd he'd take care of the guarantee and of course the idea is that we sell sponsorships and cover that guarantee but uh, at least our finances are sound and uh at first of course we had the idea to do the world eight ball championship and that fizzled out so we had to regroup, and Jim came up with this idea of doing a, an, a self-contained series whereby you have five preliminary events and then a grand championship. 
And um, it's pretty neat because each of the uh, preliminaries is $25,000 added, which is the size of a Turning Stone event, um, bigger than most professional events uh, in North America. There are five of those for 125000 in added money. And then there's a grand championship at the end with 100000 in added money. And, of course, there will be also be entry fees. There will be close to uh, half a million dollars in total prize money. Um, so, I, you know, he called me and asked me if I'd work uh, with him on it. And I said, sure, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be uh, a really great, great thing. Um, for North American pool players. And you've known Jim for quite a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, about a little over 20 years now. We've been doing commentary together since 2000. Well, and that was one of the things I was going to mention. He's done done pro-level commentary. He's owned... This is his second room he's owned? At least the second. But those were... The rooms in the past were pool rooms, I believe. This is really a totally different concept this place has is huge it has fantastic food the restaurant is the real um shining light of of the venture uh but he has a great room equipped with diamond pool tables a full bar with a wide and just an extensive choice of beers and wine and fine liquors and stuff so it's really a destination spot and you mentioned diamond tables the these tournaments will be on diamond tables uh, that is the plan. Um, uh, Jim is talking to Diamond now about being the official table sponsor for the event. So Jim's got uh, a friend who will guarantee the prize fund, but is this a guarantee for one year? I mean, how does this work? Is this something that Jim is hoping to do beyond just this first season? Oh, yeah. this will be. Uh, we plan this to be a continuing series. That's uh, that's pretty big. Well, it is. Um, and the industry, frankly, is getting excited about it, and they're coming over into our corner. So we're pretty pretty sure and, and pretty happy about the prospects for the future. Uh, industry, I mean, there are three separate goals for this uh, series. Number one, Jim has this wonderful business, the Corner Bank. Uh, sports bar and he wants to give it publicity especially locally in toronto and you know for obvious reasons he wants people to come get excited about the pool um have a meal there and and discover how wonderful the food is and and people who'd never been in the place before would wind up becoming customers and some of them will wind up becoming regular so it all makes sense for the business second thing is you know, Jim's been around snooker and billiards and pool all his life. Um, his friends are pool players. Uh, so he has the opportunity here uh, to give them events to play in uh, to help them put food on the table. That's not a bad thing. And the third thing is the pro game is the sizzle to the stake on pool. And one of the great ways to grow the amateur game is to get people excited about the game. And when they watch what these pros can do with a cue ball, that can get people excited. So hopefully we grow the game as well. Well, and that goes back to, you know, something that I know you have said many times about, 
you know, you you raise the level of the water and and everybody moves up. Yep. I think you put it a little rising, better than I did. A, I think I said a rising tide lifts all boats. Much, much better, much better. You can tell I don't write. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about the size of this endeavor, um, I mean, you and I have known each other. We met when the Camel Tour was going on. There hasn't been anything right. like this since the Camel Tour, has there? Well, except for the IPT, but that was very short-lived, obviously. I think that was four events total. Right. Yeah, we won't talk about that. But yeah, this is the first organized tour um, in a long, long time. And oh, and, and and one of the one of the things I need to mention is that people will be seated in that championship round by how well they performed in the five preliminaries, and that's what really brings this thing together and makes it self-contained. So. You have to play in three in order to qualify for the $100,000 added finale, but that in right. itself, the seeding, is reason enough to to compete in play all, five, all five if you can. Sure, the seeding and, and the money that's available in the preliminaries. I mean, we, we're calling these preliminaries like they're small events, but they're, they're, they would all be considered a major event in North America, all the preliminaries. Now, in the past, when a major event was announced, there was there was movement in the background as to which organizations the promoter was going to sanction his event through. Are you guys? Uh-huh. Are you guys? Is the phone ringing off the hook with that? Well, the CBSA uh, has had a board member contact us about the CBSA sanctioning the the series, and we would hope that they will. I mean, that's the local Canadian um, governing body. Uh, as far as as far as other sanctioning goes, uh, if it comes, that's fine. Uh, but um, the importance for this is is North America. Uh, is and we, we want to keep it local. We're not, even though the prize money is there, we're not uh, touting ourselves as as you know a, a huge international event. We're we're looking to uh, we'll accept all players, um, but this is basically being done for North America. Okay, so the BCA is on board as a sanctioning body. Well, we haven't spoken to the BCA yet, and would not dream of speaking to the BCA until after the trade show, because they have enough irons in the fire this time of year. Makes sense. Uh, Moscone Cup points? Uh, Jim has contacted Matchroom about those. If he's heard back on it, I have not been informed. Now, I know that you guys just made the announcement recently, but have you done work in the background as far as are you going to limit the field? Uh, how do players go about getting their entries? Is there a website they can go to for more information? Um, there will be. There, right now, the, we're looking at 128-man fields in every event. <clears throat> um, strongly leaning toward a $250 uh, entry fee for the uh, preliminaries and a $500 entry fee for the Grand Championship. Um, these are all, of course, Canadian dollars, so it's slightly less than American dollars. Um, 
I would I would expect um, the website shortly. Right now, there uh, there's so many complications, so many things that take time. Uh, for instance, before we can take entry fees, um, Jim has to set up a LLC or other business entity in Canada and then open a bank account under that entity's name so that he has a place to put the entry fees. Um, for insurance and legal reasons, you don't want to marry a tournament with the uh, with the sports bar. So all that has to be done before we can put up a website and before we can take in entry fees. But on the other hand, your first event is early September, so... While I imagine there are a number of pro players who have journeyed outside of uh, the U.S. to compete in events, I would think that these events are going to draw a lot more. So as a pool player, you need a passport. Uh, Is there a, a visa requirement involved or... You know, for Canada, I'm sure it's like every other country. It depends on the country you're coming from. Um, but I'm sure the players who travel internationally have traveled to Canada before, so they would be aware if they need a visa or not. Um, you know, I, I can't think of Canada as being one of those countries who who would really require visas if you're coming over uh, for uh, five or six days at a time. Um I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I would ask people to check with their state departments or the equivalents thereof. Okay. And these are all four-day events, uh, even the finale, I right. see. Uh, and, and have you scheduled them? I mean, I'm sure that you made sure not to schedule these on top of anything else. But, for example, there's an event in October. How does that coincide with the U.S. Open? And it's the week before the U.S. Open, so... People can leave from Toronto and go down to Norfolk. Uh, the one in um, which one is that? Just one second. I can't remember if it's September or it's November. The one in November does conflict with an event in Moscow, Russia, the Kremlin Cup. But we had no other choice. We have to have an event in November, and it was either conflict with the Kremlin Cup or conflict with the China Open or conflict with the All-Japan Championship. Um, we, since the, uh, uh, the Kremlin Cup is a WPA event, we would urge players like Shane um, and whoever else from North America is uh, close to the anywhere close to the top 16 in WPA rankings, certainly, to go to that Kremlin Cup to get some WPA points. Okay. Well, Jerry, it it all sounds amazing. I mean, you and I have have lamented the state of pro pool for quite some time, and you know, something like this getting started, it, I mean, it could be huge for the industry. Well, we hope we get some competition. You know, that's what would be great. I'd like to go back to the early '90s and late '80s when there was a pro event somewhere in North America every week or two, every week or two. Um, when I first started writing for the magazines, I was traveling almost every weekend 
to a different event. And, um, you know, we're, we're a far, far cry from that now, so we'd love to have this generate some competition for us and, and get this game going again. Um, that's what it's all about. You know, Jim tried this before, back in the uh, mid-2000s. He had the Canada Nine Ball Tour. And he had stops in Calgary and Edmonton and, and Toronto and Montreal and all over the place. So he's been trying to get this pro, pro scene going in Canada for quite a while. And uh, this is the latest installment of that effort. And this time, he's, he's you know, you, you always learn from your past uh, endeavors. And, and he, he's put a lot of knowledge in his pocket now. And uh, I think he's really ready to go with this one. And I'd like to back up a second because you have you have been covering this game for a lot longer than I have. Um, I mean, when you talk about there being a pro event every other weekend, I mean, what 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 size a pro event are we talking about? Well, actually, even in actual dollars, some of them were bigger than what we have today. Uh, the stuff at Caesars Tahoe. Uh, those events uh, had thirty thousand and thirty-five thousand dollar first prizes plus a car. Um, but but even the smaller events, um, the Lexington All Stars, uh, the uh, events that were all through the South, uh, the events that Grady did and stuff, um, they had first prizes of ten thousand um, dollars. So. You know, the game used to be a whole lot bigger than it is now. And but the, but but things cycle. So if hopefully we're at the bottom of that cycle and we can start to go up the other side of the bell curve now. And you know, you talk about that that Grady ran them and um is it is it more the idea that we don't have players like Grady who were out there actually building and, and creating events or is it you know we've talked a number of times about how the the big name companies in the industry and not all of them of course but how some of them just don't see where supporting pro pool benefits them or is it a combination of everything well i think it's a combination but let's use brunswick as an example um their last foray into pro pool was sponsoring the, the ladies tour and they provided a great deal of money to that tour but while they were doing that pool rooms were closing around the country and interest in pool as a whole um, was going down and what had formerly been regular sales increases year after year after year went away uh as especially as for brunswick brunswick you know this was in the days before uh diamond most of it every pool room you went in had brunswick tables well when those table when those rooms closed those tables were still playable they wound up on the market competing with new brunswick tables and that hurt sales and you know the guys in charge of marketing at brunswick had to say how are we justifying putting this money out to sponsor the game 
when our sales are when it's not increasing our sales in fact our sales are decreasing now i kind of think they added one and one and got five there <laughs> i think they you know they attributed blame to the wrong place but that happened in company after company um and that's going to happen when a when a when a game recedes in popularity it's going to hurt business for everybody and that's what those of us who are, who make our living in this game really need to do is to get together and grow this game. And I think the pro game is a great way to do that. It's a very efficient way to do that because with streaming, we'll be streaming this thing live for free around the world. And with streaming, anybody can tune in and watch this thing and and see what the best players in the world can do with a cue ball. And that's truly magical. When you watch the things that Efren and Earl and DeShane and Archer and all these boys can do with that cue ball, it, it just blows your mind. Well, I mean, that goes back to, you know, what got us into the game in the beginning, you know, the, what, what it was that, that formed our love for the game. Yeah, Exactly. Well, and and fortunately, we've got people like Jim who who are are actively trying to grow this game. Uh, I I don't, you know, that's something that that has been wrong with the game for the longest time. In that, instead of wanting to grow the game, people just wanted to scrape and claw for their their share of it or what they perceived as their share. Uh, but certainly, this was not meant to be a, a conversation about the state of the game. It was it was more about you know more a positive no. conversation about what Jim's doing, and it seems like he's doing some very positive things out there. You know, Jim's very reticent to toot his own horn, but uh, he's done a lot for this game, and he he deserves a lot of credit. Hey, well, that's something that uh, he has in common with some other people I know. <laughs> There are, there, there are quite a few people out there who've put a lot of effort into trying to keep pool in the public eye, and um, it's you know it's 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 not that small a group. You've got some really really big names uh, that have done a lot of things, and a lot of companies have done a lot of things. I mean, you look at the the marketing that uh, Simonis and Aramith and uh, Q and Case and, and Predator and uh, McDermott and all these people do. They, they put a lot of money into the game, and they're, they're giving back. Um, we just need a bigger game so we can have bigger companies. Well, I'm with you on that. Well, this all sounds extremely interesting. Um, I assume there will be multiple announcements coming uh, down the road as things get ironed out. Yeah, of course, I'll put everything on the front page of AZ Billiards. And um, like when you can send your entry fees in and where and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'm sure that there will be a, a website uh, developed for the series itself. Um, <clears throat> although that's something I need to bring up with Jim. I don't know if he, who he's got working on that. Um, I know a guy in Arizona that knows <laughs> some stuff about it. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. All right, well, I'm looking forward to hearing more, and I'm uh, certainly looking forward to September 6th when the first event happens. Yep, it's going to be fun. All right, I will let you get back to it, and uh, I'm going to get back to this uh, wonderful, enjoyable weather. All right, thanks very much, Mike, and I'll talk to you soon. 
<laughs> All right, everybody, that was our, our bit for this week. Uh, stay tuned in the upcoming weeks. We'll have something else for you here on American Billiard Radio. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>